We are recording. We are recording. We. 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 Ah, ah. Peter, there is no we. Time to tune up the band, and you're either next us or against us, for it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. I am Sam, alongside Dan, Ridden, and Melee, as we continue our journey for the wacky world of professional wrestling. Joining us on this episode, it is uh, it is very nice to welcome back onto the podcast, Cass, pending if he does arrive, and David! Wade Barrett's Barrett Barrage. <laughs> I'm afraid I've, I'm got, afraid I've got some bad, bad news. news. David has finally joined the bruh. <laughs> Welcome to the core. <laughs> I should leave right now. Wait, 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 wait. Welcome no. to the bruv consortium. <laughs> the bruv consortium. So, yes, how are you chaps doing? Regardless if Cass arrives or not, we do have half of the gay consortium here with us. It's okay, we're making it work. We're making it work. We're free for So... Just the cards. It's about the, the guests. It's about the guests that we're not having. Yeah, and cards <laughs> on the table. This is the first. I think the first Sweet Chinwag podcast where all of the Sweet Chinwag are sick. Hey, <laughs> oh, it's man. entirely possible. We finally okay. hit the trifecta. It, t- it took us three years <laughs> and a whole pandemic for it to happen, but we're like you know, we're here. <laughs> but it's okay though, because in many other ways, we are sick every single episode. In Sam, inside like a really cool guitarist here. I'm sick of wrestling. I'll, I'll do the bill and take. Amen, brother. <laughs> Honestly. Let him know. Yeah, let, let him know. <laughs> Fuck the WWE. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I got uh, two beers over here. <laughs> that, mate, all I've got is two giant one and a half litre bottles of water. I'll just clang them together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get started. Fuck the. D- no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> god damn it, Melo! Oh man. So yeah, we are all ill except for our guests. And actually, no. How are you feeling, Melo? Are you are you all right? Well, you know, my my mom and my brother have recently got COVID, but they're already recovering. Somehow, I avoided it, so I'm good. But you never know. But you know, we're just vibing here. Simply, simply vibing. And may I just say before we go on, David, the day we're recording this, thank you ever so much to your girlfriend for allowing us to give to take away her time from you <laughs> in order to record this. Happy birthday, Cammy. <laughs> hey, yeah, shout out to my girlfriend, Cammy. Uh, she turns 25 today. And uh, I just want to wish her a quick happy birthday. I love you oh so very much uh, <laughs> wait you like her <laughs> I, I, I mean well, don't tell her i said that <laughs> you know what you know what you know what that's fair. shout out to all of our loved ones shout out to all of our loved ones honestly 
Mm-hmm. We are blessed. We are blessed. Shout out to Melon's PS5. Yeah. Like I said, our loved ones. <laughs> yeah, our loved ones. <laughs> Working over to now. <laughs> how is uh how is spider-man 2 treating you melee uh i you know ever since i got those 19 inches of venom i i've been a completely different person that's all i'm saying <laughs> big mood big mood <laughs> so were you were you able to just take all 19 inches in for what it is of well, course you know, because he's not a quitter yeah <laughs> yeah you said it best <laughs> it starts the kill feel while while um, gets our <laughs> oh, oh Jesus, we are off. We are off the rails already. This one's going to be a good one, if you ask me. We give you this podcast. Thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and forever pending other platforms. You know, guys, even though. You're either Nexus or against us. What we at the Sweet Chin Wag podcast are never against is pending. We will always be pending, day or night. And wow, my voice literally came back as pending, <laughs> as the day pending and night. come back. That's kind of that's kind of eerie. Yeah. <laughs> so before we get on to why Vince McMahon can never book an invasion angle to save his fucking life. Uh, it is time to visit Dad for this week's wrestling news. Dun, 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 down. Wrestling news. Yeah, you let him know, Dad. <clears throat> what have we got this week? All right, we gonna start with uh, let's start with AEW and let's talk about them bringing in good old uh, Mr. Woo himself. Um, Richard Flair. I don't even know if I was. <laughs> Yeah, oh, let's go with that. Calling him good is a stretch. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> um, to think this is all because they wanted an energy drink supplier. Dog, I promise other brands exist out there. Yeah, I promise there's anything else. Apparently, uh, Ric Flair... <laughs> Stacker 2. If we can bring in Stacker 2 into... Well, okay, not into AEW. If we can get DPW to get a Real. stack or two sponsorship. Yes. That would be unreal. Mm-hmm. I want Johnny so to Real, recreate but unreal. the Taz commercial, though. It's got to be Johnny <laughs> to recreate the Taz one. I got this guy, a tile. He's just the fresh stuff is coming in today. I got this guy, Joey Numbers. <laughs> I mean, look, right. I've got a bit that I have repeated about 17,000 times at this point, but I'm putting it in audio form on this podcast which is he's been signed on a multi-year deal which is insane because i reckon his body could get packed in by a kfc zinger burger oh my god <laughs> uh if i can uh, add this in um there was like a bit of a twitter thread that was going on of people listing their favorite or their dream matches for rick flair and aew one of them was rick flair versus you know, like those gag things of gum that'll like zap your hand. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, I, retwe- I retweeted that and I said my favorite uh, dream match is Ric Flair versus a bottle of Tapatio hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Real. Uh, I'm looking forward to the battle of Ric Flair versus a set of stairs. <laughs> <laughs> if someone were to, I don't know. Push him. <laughs> I honestly, I think just walking up. <laughs> yeah, bro, get 
<laughs> he can barely walk up the steel steps uh, in the ring. Equally, so. uh, equally asking Ric Flair to be ringside at basically any single match involving a luchador. <laughs> Immediate uh, threat to his health. Ric Flair versus a defibrillator. <laughs> I mean. Oh my god! <laughs> like, real, like realistically, the only person out there who's going to make a conscious effort to not do anything is going to be Andrade. Yeah, because I don't know. But he's got he's got retired. investment. Although, for, maybe for all I know, he's seeing the inheritance payment. I don't know. The bag is the bag. The game is the game. Real. He's just like me. <laughs> just he's, like trying, he's, he's using Rich Flair to bankroll LFI. Is that is that what the story? Possibly. Can, cannot confirm nor deny. Yeah. Which, if the case, fucking based. Please acknowledge that anything I've said is not uh, a statement of fact. Uh, so if you can't tell, uh, we're all on the negative side of Ric Flair coming in today. Well, ba- well basically, 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 the grand summary of it is, it's very bold of Tony Khan to be like, I can talk about many of uh, Vince McMahon's misdeeds and then, and then hire Ric Flair. <laughs> What I find funny, or not really funny haha, but more funny weird, is that Tony Khan tried to play this whole superiority thing and try to like have like moral superiority, being all like, oh well, you know, the owner of that company over there, he's guilty of, you know, sexual assault and all these different things. And we're better than that. Like we'd never do something like that. And then literally two weeks later, bring in Ric Flair. Who, you know, there's the whole Dark Side of the Ring documentary about him. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure he's gone on record and admitted to, you know, sleeping with underage women and such. I'm pretty sure that he has gone on record and said that, whether it's like in promos or out, out of that. I don't know. It's really weird to have like that kind of stance of being all <clears throat> trying to be like morally superior and then bring in somebody who's. No, I think a big part kind of, of it as well is the two week gap. Yeah, mm-hmm. like if it was like two years, then you could be like, uh, I mean, like you could maybe look at it and be like, uh, well, whatever. But this is literally two weeks, and it's been like two weeks of like the worst AEW programming. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And trust me, it's about to get a lot worse. <laughs> Can I just say, as on, on, on an offside, as an aside, as I said in the press release, this was also to coincide to have a, an official energy drink supplier for AEW. When I think of energy drink, I don't immediately think of a 70-year-old man. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> right. There's got to be enough other companies out there, like, look, right? Warp tours not happening anymore. Surely Rockstar needs something, right? You know what? I would have just got on out on, on a deep cut and said, "Why don't we just bring back Jimmy Hart's energy drink and use that instead?" <laughs> oh my god, what is that? <laughs> that is. Jimmy- oh my god, the Mouth of the South energy drink. Holy shit! <laughs> well, actually, I want to try that. <clears throat> but like, there's got to be. There's got to be. Or. Is there not anything where they can sign a deal for one of their members of talent to represent an energy drink? So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. You saw on... If anyone's played Fight Forever, which, to which I say I'm an idiot for paying full price for the PC version, because no one plays the goddamn PC version. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> um, they know that they actually had a faux energy drink known as Sting Energy, which the rumour was supposed to be that that was actually going to turn into a real-life AEW product. Oh, no way. Dog, I would have had Sting energy drink. 
Yeah. Like the names for the energy drinks were actually pretty cool and were very on brand for Sting. <laughs> yes. Like, like hell, I would buy a Sting energy drink just for the can and collect it. Exactly. Got me feeling like I want to sit in the rafters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> for the anti-social person in you, try Sting energy. Well, that's basically just most <laughs> energy drinks I see people buying. That, I mean, especially over here in this country, yeah. you're damn right, Dan. <laughs> I was gonna say you you don't you don't know you don't know an antisocial kid until you see them have a forty five p energy drink from Happy Shopper, and then no just no 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 no, no we need it, it's 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 the UK goths that all drink Monster religiously, yeah, 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 <laughs> like yeah. multiple a day. Like, I, first it was relentless. <laughs> Then it, it was relentless. Then it was monster. I yeah. I saw so mm-hmm. many cans during the, my emo days. I saw so many. <laughs> Same here. But, but with all of this, though, obviously there is some more hopeful programming coming from AEW soon with a pretty good card book for, I think, next week's Dynamite. Yes, Daniel Garcia is challenging for the AEW World Championship. I don't know why it took us this long to get to this point, but we're here. Main event. It's about time main event Daniel Garcia happened. We, we took a whole side quest through the, through the JAS stuff, and I really cannot feel but like feel like it hurt everything it touched. So here's my fantasy booking for MJF versus Daniel Garcia. It's going to be a solid match. There's going to be a ref bump. Then suddenly a man in a hoodie comes in and spikes Danny in the throat. Oh my God! It's Solo Sokoa. What is he doing here? No, hold on. The bloodline is running wild. <laughs> or if anything is, if anything is to be confirmed, if it isn't going to be Solo, then surely it's got to be Alicia or two. Um, <laughs> Pitch McGee is in AEW. Oh my! <laughs> MJF's words, not mine. MJF's words, not mine. It's it's gonna it's gonna be a, a wild ride, especially with the announcement of Daniel Okada for January, I believe. Oh, WrestleMania! Oh, yeah. That's gonna go so hard. <laughs> it's gonna go unreal. Look, the last time someone tried to take his eye out, they, he damn near murdered them. So you know, I feel like. The history of Danielson eye injuries kind of uh, there's a lot more than you would think. A lot more than there should well, they, be. Well, I was gonna say they often happen to coincide a lot with Japanese wrestlers. So. Yes. Real. <laughs> you, you know, if I had a nickel for every time Danielson has had some sort of eye injury, I've had I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that's happened twice. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was I. I think it was IQ that said send Okada the Morishima tapes. Yes. <laughs> which, which oh no! <laughs> it's funny. Um. In one of the last Deadlock edits that I did recently, um, there was a point like where they were like reading some of the the Observer notes, and they were talking about how Danielson, um, I guess it was like a week or so after his eye injury, and how apparently there's a thing where he could sneeze without closing his eyes, and there's like an, and there's actual video of him doing it. Which is so so weird, and he's so he's so proud of himself too while doing it. Like I think he is with like Hulk Cabana and some other guys in Ring of Honor, and like he just interrupts him while doing it. He's like, "I did it again! I did it!" <laughs> that is the most Danielson thing. I was gonna say Danielson is me if I ever had a detached right. <laughs> just an absolute fucked fucker. <laughs> 
<laughs> this it's is so why good. he's the best of all time. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Shouts out to Danielson. But no, that's very exciting that we're getting Danielson and Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. Wasn't there um wasn't there a Moxley and uh Osprey match that was just announced too? I think something like that. I, I, I so. didn't check in that far. <laughs> I believe so. I mean, ah, uh, I'm 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 getting excited for Wrestle Kingdom. It's been a while since I've ever been excited for a Wrestle Kingdom. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but if we got that, and of course we've got Sonata versus Naito for the cha- uh, for the World Heavyweight Championship, which I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm it's... I'm, exi- I'm excited at the prospect of that. Literally, either being a five star or being a two and a half bum fist. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> oh yeah, the the US title match. Yeah, it's Mox Osprey and David Finlay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> My name is Finley, and I love to fight. And I, I look like shit. <laughs> and I look like shit. <laughs> they, they, they really be, they really be thinking that they've got what they got in David Finley, and I admire their spirit. The <laughs> Lulu. Oh. Um, no what do we? What do you want to go to next? Um. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say, can I talk about can I talk about a little bit about uh WWE seemingly yeah. helping with TKO with TKO should say getting in on that sweet licensing uh, music stuff that AEW do because someone Ooh. about time WWE paid for separate ways by Journey for someone. All right, granted it's for flipping Briggs Jensen, but you know I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, Something. like, I'm, I'm, I'm here for them licensing music, not for him. But <laughs> 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 you know, it, 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 it's cool enough to see. Oh, talking of WWE, I believe <clears throat> David wanted to say something to someone, someone who was going to be here. We'll see if they still turn up. But uh, if Cass is listening in on this, uh, David, is there something you'd like to say? Actually, yes. And so I know that we, um. I know we agreed to not talk about uh, Crown Jewel uh, because of, you know, the controversy around it and all those shows. But if there is one thing that I am very happy about, it's the fact that my tribal chief, Roman Reigns, sent L.A. Knight packing back down to the mid card where he belongs. Yeah, you really thought, Cass, you really thought that L.A. Knight was going to beat Roman Reigns? Think again, okay? Guys. <laughs> Can you believe it? Roman Reigns won by interference. No. No. Can you believe it? Was it a hooded solo Sokoa by any chance? Oh, no. Hooded solo Sokoa was uh, blocked on the ramp by, like, several referees and other people. And then uh, Jimmy actually came in and started messing with LA Knight. And then... I believe, I don't remember if it was Jay or somebody else that came in to stop all the shenanigans from happening. But basically, it was a huge uh, clusterfuck of uh, <laughs> interference stuff on the outside. And then it led to um, uh, a spear pin, one, two, three. <laughs> and the tribal chief, the big dog himself, retains. <laughs> Get ready to acknowledge him, buddy. Because... <laughs> And I'm I'm calling it now. Over the next couple weeks, you're gonna hear the yeah chant get quieter and quieter because your guy could not win. He couldn't do it. 
Uh, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm maybe being a little mean. I'm so sorry, Cass. I'm sorry well, that you had to root for an absolute <laughs> loser. Loser. <laughs> loser, loser, loser. Guys, you don't see the vision. You see, this is all part of the long storm storytelling, the, the as, cinema of this. Has he, got, has he got to finish the story? Has he got to finish yes. the story? Roman Reigns is going to finish the story. You see, what's going to happen is that eventually there's going to be like several more civil wars and Roman Reigns is going to be left alone. And <laughs> as that's happening, Cody Rhodes is going to start to assemble his own family, his own nightmare family, if you say. And with Roman all alone, they have no choice but her turn face. And Cody Rhodes is going to turn heel. And now... Roman Reigns is the ultimate underdog in this story. At WrestleMania, he's going to finish the story as the ultimate babyface and beat Cody Rhodes. He'll finish the story. Be the one. Uh, Melee. Sorry, I almost called you Cody there. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, he and I finish the story, Cody. Um, no, the way that you were talking about how he's just going to be all alone, the way you were taking that, it sounded like he was going to be the only one that's, like, left living and alive. <laughs> which sounds very similar to my cm punk wwe return booking where in the very end an asteroid hits the earth and kills everything except for impact wrestling <laughs> real talking of cody has anyone seen that that captain Laserhawk uh far cry cartoon on netflix and that cody's in it and he gets his head exploded <laughs> I've seen oh, clips of it. I've seen nothing but clips. I need to watch it just so I can truly believe that it's real. Also, <laughs> I can't, still can't quite believe that Rayman is the primary antagonist of that cartoon. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Rayman! They haven't done anything else with the Rayman property in a while, so... Oh, let him know! Let him know! Fuck Come you, on, you. bring back Rayman. Fuck you, Ubisoft. <laughs> To be fair, you could apply that to a lot of situations. Yeah, that's yeah, that that is that's real. That's unfortunately real and too true. <laughs> Fuck you, Ubisoft, you ruined my life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Damn it, didn't <laughs> But should we should we should we leave it at that? Or I, I guess so. I mean I can't unless there was anything else. <laughs> no, I'll 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 spare me complaining more. <laughs> <laughs> alright then we'll close the book on that chapter recommendation corner I think we've got quite a few from a few people so we'll start with uh, we'll start with the usual suspect that is Reardon what have you got for us this week guys I normally ask what you guys like well how do you feel but no I've got too much to, to recommend so I'm just going to recommend everything first off uh, the announcement that that Invincible Invincible Season 2 is out and first episode, really good. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Um, this is a slight off-topic recommendation, but Rage Against the Machine and Missy Elliott got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I love both of them, so I recommend anything they've ever put out, but especially Testify, which is my favorite Rage Against the Machine song. Mm -hmm. Good day. Nice. Yep. Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott is just Missy Elliott. I cannot choose. I cannot choose. What a talent. Uh, I also I recommend Gen, Gen V. 
which is which is a uh, spin-off of The Boys. It's a little weird, but if you are jonesing for that content and waiting impatiently for season four like I am, it's a good watch. Mm. But honestly, my big recommendation is in the year of our Lord, 2023, the Beatles put out a new song. <laughs> oh my God. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, yes, the Beatles put out Now and Then, which, you know, it's kind of a cliche to say that the Beatles are great, but sometimes cliches are true because the Beatles are fucking great and it's a great damn song. Yeah. Yeah, and I honestly feel like um, I honestly, it honestly kind of makes me want to cry because it's just so nice to have a Beatles song. Uh, mm-hmm. While I'm here, actually, what what are people's favorite favorite? I gotta ask favorite Beatle favorite Beatle album. What do we got? What do we got? Oh gosh, see my. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll, I'll say mine. I'll say mine real quick. George Revolver. Those are my. That's my. That's my pick. Well, I'm quoting a meme that I saw this one time. This is not actually how I feel about the Beatles. But my favorite part about Beatles songs is when it ends and they shut the fuck up. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding. <laughs> um. Oh my god, I need to. Can we can we get back to me so I can think sure. about what my favorite Beatles song is? Because like, there's so many. <laughs> I mean, song or album, song or album. I'll make it easier. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, so let's see. <clears throat> I mean, I, I can I can jump in with mine. I, it's maybe a little bit basic, but I'm I'm quite a big fan of Sgt. Pepper. Yeah, mm-hmm. favorite. You got a favorite Beatle? You got a favorite Beatle, Dan? Do I have a favorite Beatle? Um, probably, probably George. Nice, nice. You're with me. You're with me. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, what do you got? Legit, I think because it was one of the very first ones my dad introduced me to. I I, I have a soft spot for Let It Be. Yeah. Okay. Um. Honestly, I also think because Get Back is actually a really freaking good song as well. Um. I will go for Paul mostly because that man has <laughs> has made a career of being not the greatest bass player in the world, but he also gave the world gave us the world the worst Christmas song imaginable. <laughs> Oh no. Oh no. So I can't fault Paul for being like for being for being not not the greatest bass player, but just just simply for being not a, a, a great musician. Because of course he was he also gave us Live and Let Die, which is one of the best Bond themes. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you, Melee. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can actually answer this. So as a connoisseur of being uncultured i actually don't know any of beatles songs for that matter but for the sake of it i'll just say pastel yellow submarine and my favorite beetle <laughs> is jaime reyes <laughs> <laughs> oh so basically ringo yes. basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um I had to find which album it was that had the song on there. So sorry for like not knowing it like right off the top of my head. But I think the White Album uh, from 1968, um, that would probably have to be my favorite because uh, I think one of the first Beatles songs I was ever introduced to was Ubla Di Ubla Da, Life Goes On. Bruh. (laughs) Uh, So pretty solid song, uh, but also that that album 
also has Blackbird, which is like one of my favorite like yeah. mm-hmm. acoustic songs. And of course, back in the USSR, oh. solid album overall. I actually need to go back and listen to this. Mm. Um, as for my favorite Beatles member, it would have to be George Harrison Ford. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, a lot of love for George. Oh, that's kind of surprising. <laughs> I well, wish it, it, it's of my it's of my thing of I personally think the Beatles are at their best when they're at their weirdest. Yes, yes. No, I'm a hundred percent. The Beatles entered the Beatles. The them being on LSD was the greatest thing that for mankind. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, once they got to India and then started taking LSD, that was like, when the beast like, things hit their zenith. Like, like topped. Like, are, are they the greatest LSD users of all time? They might I just be. <laughs> you know, you know what? Uh, imagine if somebody brought them Percocets around this time, what they could have done. <laughs> it would just be for John Lennon on the Perk 30 goes unreal. <laughs> just imagine a band for the Perk angles. I'm just saying. Oh my God. <laughs> Paul McCartney off of being 100. To be fair, though, a band full of Kurt angles is basically just every single hardcore band. <laughs> I where where is where is where is Kurt Angle's guest guest vocals on a Black Flag song? Like That's this is I the, like I mean personally, I would argue there's not enough hardcore bands now doing Perk Thirties, but make of that what you will. This mm. reminds me of that Kurt Angle and Muir band T-shirt that he wore in TNA that one time. Do you remember that? That I shirt. That's just his face. But yeah, that that. But anyway, those. That's my recommendation this week. Uh, Very nice. You know what? Uh, what could I, Sam? Know? I'm really sorry, but why in that picture does? <laughs> Does low low res car angle really remind me of the guy from Kill Switch Engage? Yes, it doesn't like Howard <laughs> Jones. <laughs> oh my god! Can I um? Uh, can I make a bit of a recommendation, guys? Please, David. <laughs> so, for those of you that know me, I am very much into K-pop, and I will pretty much, you know, I will die on this hill and sh- just share how much I enjoy that genre of music as well as different artists in there well there is uh, an artist from uh the boy group known as shiny who basically put out like a single album uh after i think like a year and a half of being like enlisted in the military and it's really good uh the album in question is called guilty by tayman uh really solid single the the, the, the title track guilty but the song right after that, I wasn't expecting it to be as good, mainly because of the title. But as soon as I started listening to it, I'm like, OK, you're kind of cooking here. Uh, the title of the song is called The Rizness. The Riz. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. And I'm just like, God damn it, Tabin. <laughs> I, I don't I, Yeah, I've. I can't get into K-pop. Like I enjoy hearing it. I enjoy songs perfectly well, but I cannot enjoy like get into K-pop just because like speaking as a prog rock fan, there are too <laughs> there are too many fucking members in these bands. 
That's bold as a prog rock fan. Yeah, yes, I was going to say. No, for me to say that, you have to, you have here's, to acknowledge how Here's the thing, here's the thing I will say, is that personally, even for me, I do enjoy a bit of K-pop from time to time. Mm. K-pop can cook. It's just, unfortunately, <laughs> there is a lot of K-pop out there, and a lot of it is being market pushed, and a lot of it is not that great. <laughs> That's completely it's, fair. There, there, there are some, there are some really, really good groups, but you kind of have to search a bit more for those people beyond mm. like the commercial mainstream, which is a bold thing to say for K-pop, which is entirely dictated by the commercial mainstream. Very much so. I mean, like if you look past like the BTSs and the Blackpinks and insert yeah, other big K-pop group here, there are a lot of good like solo artists and groups in general that are coming up and there's, like, lo- making there's some loads really of good stuff. really really cool stuff now 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 that you've mentioned um prog rock it's gonna make it's gonna make me um <laughs> oh god it's gonna make me say this as well um the king the most recent king gizzard album oh <laughs> so good so good um and then i'm really i'm so sorry i'm holding this up i'm gonna have to look it up um, no, that's okay. While you're looking the, that up, though, to address the whole thing with prog rock and K-pop members, now I know things were getting a little bit crazy with uh, NCT because they had 23 members, but I can, I can, I can just let you know that things have gotten a little bit better. They dropped down to 20. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> Listen, um, yeah! Look, I can't, I can't be handling that, and I listen to Yes for God's sake, like. <laughs> Um, it's the it's the most recent release of the person behind Lingua Ignota, um, rebranded as Reverend Kristen Michael Hater. It's called Saved. It's a banger album, really good. Check it out. For a second, I thought you was about to say Michael Hayes. No, it's not Michael Hayes. <laughs> well, it's the big show. Very long and rolling. Basically, basically, imagine a modern indie artist doing a take on like gospel music huh. it's 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 a little strange but it's it's quite good <laughs> has um, has anyone been able to find that rikishi gospel album yet no i haven't yet <laughs> we haven't found the album but we have we have mentioned the song many many times yes <laughs> i will find the fact that. that that's a thing that exists but still can't find it is so <laughs> lost media hunt <laughs> All right, so I gotta say something first. Well, you guys are complaining about too many members. Well, personally, I can handle seven members of BTS at the same time. But anyway, I have my own recommendation corner. You should probably so. (laughs) So, guys, what do you feel about Five Nights at Freddy's? Not good. I think I think Matt Pat needs to fucking stop already. Real. Correct. They so say yeah, breakfast basically. is the most important meal of the day, but I think that's just a theory. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, basically the movie sucks. Anyway, the actual recommendation is what do you guys know about Godzilla? Oh, Ooh. too much. My boy, mm-hmm. the kaiju, king of the motherfucking monsters. Although I, I have to admit, I, I'm edge, I'm an edge lord, so I'm all about that King Ghidorah, baby. Three-headed <laughs> monster, baby. Very nice. Uh, Angara supremacy. Anyway, so in, in Japan, Listen, no, uh, no, I'm sorry. I have to stop. I have to stop you right there. Show up 
biddy 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 leave King Ghidorah life. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Toho, after what seems like many decades after Shin Godzilla, finally released a new movie for Godzilla called Godzilla Minus One. Um, it comes out in the States on December 1st. I don't know about the rest of the world, but I don't care because I, I don't live there. But <laughs> from what I've heard, this is like one of the best movies of the franchise since Shin. And that makes me very happy because personally, Shin Godzilla is my favorite Godzilla movie of all time. Mm-hmm. It, I, I've heard that this movie has a lot, a very big emphasis on the anti-war message, which got me very excited. And I just listened to the soundtrack and I I cannot legally say what it made me feel because I will, will get demonetized. But basically, <laughs> go watch the movie, support it. Man, yeah. I, I will say Godzilla minus one has been has been one of my anticipated movies mm-hmm. of of the of the of winter time. It yes, uh, for, for the UK it is um the fifteenth of December. Mm-hmm. I will be fucking watching it. I am so goddamn excited. So are we you double billing are we double billing the iron claw at Godzilla minus one in that case then really? I, I mean I mean which, which I'm gonna ask which one of those is the pick me up? <laughs> like Godzilla So I think uh I think that day it's gonna be like a Barbenheimer thing, except it's gonna be the Iron Claw minus one. Yes. yes. Ah. <laughs> oh, it's got no. What would that be? It's gotta be. It's gotta be. It's gotta be God Iron, right? Gotta be God Iron. Iron Godzilla. <laughs> Iron Godzilla. <laughs> Iron Zilla. Godzilla Claw. Shin Von Eric. <laughs> 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 that actually kind of slaps. I'm, I'm with Zilla Von Air. Zilla Von Air. And also, yeah, I will, I will say as well that yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have another recommendation. Shin Godzilla is a fucking masterpiece. Yes. What a movie! Right. Holy shit! Holy shit! What a great movie! I watch it like once a week. It's, I know what I'm watching. It's an experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. But now, uh, if I can make one last recommendation, uh, circling back to Melee talking about Five Nights at Freddy's, mm-hmm. if you want a good Five Nights at Freddy's movie, Willy's Wonderland, Thank starring you. Nicolas Cage. Thank yes. You. Yes. Man has the performance of a lifetime, and he doesn't say a single word. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, great, great film. Great film. Cannot recommend that one enough. Um... Alrighty then. If that we are done, that's probably the longest recommendation corner we've ever had. Probably, but you know we're we're breaking all kinds of records here. You damn yeah. right we are. You damn right. So with that, it is time to chronicle the much maligned, infamous stable, the Nexus. Now, chaps, question. First question of the episode here. Um, what were your thoughts when I approached you guys to do the Nexus? Based. I I I I I realized I was going to be hearing a lot of fucking screaming. <laughs> um I think my uh, my reaction was Kurt Angle, yeah, TNA GIF. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> uh the Nexus. What a what a time. <laughs> I would say what a time to be alive, but then again, it's probably what a time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, yeah. we are we are deep into the dark ages of the 2010s, despite the fact it was already in 2010. But I, I 
Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we just... had been going through the trenches as it was already, and then we entered even deeper trenches. <laughs> <laughs> We're just struggling out here. <laughs> You're damn right we are. So, let us go back right to the beginning, as we will always love to do with these retrospectives. And let's go all the way back to 2010 and the last ever episode of WWECW. Oh my. World Wrestling Championship Wrestling. Willie's Wonderland Extreme Championship Wrestling. WWE Chairman Vince McMahon, as played by Nicolas Cage, announced that ECW would be uh, morphing into a brand new concept known as NXT. The next evolution of WWE television history, as he proclaimed. Basically what it was is that he watched a load of episodes of The Bachelor and a load of episodes of Survivor and decided to cram them together to give us this amalgamation reality <laughs> TV show that wasn't really reality because... It was sort of re in the realms of wrestling. I, 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 uh. What's even funnier is they had the blueprint in Tough Enough. They had the mm -hmm. blueprint in the Ultimate Fighter, for crying out loud. To be fair, <laughs> you know what? That's true. Did anybody ever figure out what NXT stands for? I feel like it's supposed to be an acronym for something. Next xylophone technology. <laughs> <laughs> Go! <laughs> uh, new extravagant teat. Uh, new uh, ex new extreme tangle. Uh, NXT. I, I, uh, bring back Tomko. <laughs> I, I think. Hell NXT yeah! Is, I think NXT stands for Godzilla, Master King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack. Watch it. <laughs> that's the right answer yeah, right. he's yeah, right to yeah. <laughs> so yeah as I said a brand new brand new concept for a reality TV show you take a whole bunch of wrestlers from the development territory known as FCW partner them with pros or wrestlers that are in the main roster and then make them do gladiators style game show contests with one another oh and uh make them really embarrassed by giving them a live microphone and make them do improv promos <laughs> to the crowd love is blind <laughs> see what i love about all of this is that there was no need to do that i mean like obviously they do it i, I assume they do it as like a thing of like oh well if you can handle a live crowd that you don't know but they give them like a minute yeah and they give them so much random stuff and you're just there like Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so who was part of the cast of the very first season of NXT? Well, I'm glad that nobody told me because I'm going to list through who was part, who was who, and who was partnered with which pro. So starting off, we had Michael Tarver, Mr. Three Yo! Seconds, Mr. Three Seconds, wasn't it? Link. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Spli Tarver mentioned Spicy Spicy <laughs> the certain PH uh, baseline there uh, for Melo. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was partnered with Carlito. Oh, based. Nice. We had uh, what WWE would refer to as the internet darling of wrestling fans, Daniel Bryan, partnered with The Miz, which you could definitely tell was a fucking rib. <laughs> yes. Mm hmm. 
Well, it's very nice of, you know, this grizzled veteran known as Michael uh, Awesome, the Ms. Mazanin, mm -hmm. to really take this balls. young Mike Balls. <laughs> I was, all balls, no cock, the Ms. <laughs> it was very nice of him to take this young kid, uh, Daniel Bryanson, and really show him what to do in the yeah. business. It's the charisma. <laughs> you haven't been in the WWE for a minute. He hasn't seen the big leagues. He's too used to the bingo halls. Insert talking smack promo here. So, <laughs> if that's the case that Brian was partnered with The Miz, who was William Regal partnered with? He was partnered with Skip Sheffield. Ooh. Hell yeah. Exactly. Who was Skip Sheffield? <laughs> well, he was a guy named Ryan who proclaimed himself to be a silverback. Ah, uh, feet. Wake up. Who wants me there? <laughs> <laughs> who should I wrestle for? Forty-nine percent retire. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, let's he... never forget that. Never forget that. <laughs> Oh my god. He um, really set himself up there when he added uh, the tire. It's it's an it's an all time then when he did a second one and then it came, back, it came back exactly the same. Alright guys, let's be real. I write this bag of lays or I retire from wrestling. Please retire. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> Shall I carry on? Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Darren Young was partnered with one Charles Montgomery Punkerson. Who? <laughs> Pepsi Phil, uh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, okay. Chicago Phil. Christian was partnered with Heath Slater. He's not used to being in the league, baby. <laughs> nice of this, this young talent, Christian, being partnered with these. Ron White Brown, my apologies. <laughs> That's no, okay. <laughs> I'm ill. What can I say? No. Uh, Justin Gabriel was partnered with a man who could sweat a tornado and dry hump the sea. That is Matt Hardy. I Justin <laughs> Gabriel mentioned. Justin Gabriel mentioned. <laughs> you know, Matt Hardy said it in his song. I can uh, slap a tornado. I can dry hump a seal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jennifer Hudson's partner was partnered with R-Truth. The partnerception, boah. <laughs> Real. And Wade Barrett was partnered with Chris Jericho. And we're talking Nick Bockwinkle, three-piece suit, short hair, Chris Jericho. Not the yeah. little bit of the bubbly. Still in the we were very far away from that by this point. <laughs> so, <God damn. laughs> NXT was ran or kind of ran or was filmed uh, after broadcasts of smackdown would happen so you already had a very tired crowd coming in and staying for this game show with a lot of with a bunch of fcw call-ups that weren't really given much hype um weren't, weren't given much time to kind of express their personalities and stuff and you made them do why why will no one connect with these people that we've just put in front of them <laughs> Uh, but they went through all of that. They would eventually bottle down to eliminations where the final two were Jennifer Hudson's partner and Wade Barrett. And who should win but Wade Barrett? Um, and he was given... Uh, the winner's choice was uh, to get a title shot at a pay-per-view of his choosing. 
and most people were left without a job. This brings us to the June 7th, 2010 Viewer's Choice Edition of Monday Night Raw. <laughs> God damn it. I just saw what David and Melo said. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Why does... I was going to say... By the Patreon. By the Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash speech. Anyway, right. Backstage promo with Wade Barrett, the winner of NXT Season 1. He cuts a very generic um, white meat uh, promo, says, I'm Wade Barrett. I'm here. I'm in Monday Night Raw. I want to fight God for a title. God save the queen. Bloody la wasteland. I was a bare knuckle fighter, you know. Bye bye. So, during the main event of the Viewer's Choice Raw, Wade Barrett would appear on the entrance ramp. But not just Wade Barrett, because he was accompanied by Michael Tarver, Skip Sheffield, Heath Slater, Justin Gabriel, Jennifer Hudson's partner, Darren Young, and Daniel Bryan. And they all sprinted. <laughs> it is the return of the Mac. And they all returned to attack everybody in the main event. John Cena, CM Punk, uh, Luke Gallows, Jerry Lawler. Um, and they decided uh. to just attack everyone. Cameramen, the ring crew, Daniel Bryan infamously choked out ring announcer Justin Roberts with his own tie. Which Unfathomably you... based. They <laughs> ripped up the ring canvas to reveal the uh, the boards that was laying underneath. Something that was rarely seen in, a, in on a live broadcast on WWE. And they all basically flattened and took out John Cena, each with them spamming their finishes, or pressing L1, I should say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and thus... What I love about this, sorry, what I love about this is that they really got on, they really got on Brian, I assume as a thing of like, we don't like you already, so we want to get rid of you, because I can imagine Brian was an absolute smart ass, but like... In the own, in the way that kind of comes with knowing the territory. Absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. But like they do all this, and they're like, "Nah, nah, uh, you attacked him, but you made it too real." Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, coming on to that, to yeah, everyone was apparently very happy with how it ended up being, but there was one thing that Vince didn't realize would actually happen. Sponsors were not happy. More specifically, Mattel Toys were not happy with what happened during that attack. More specifically, with what Daniel Bryan did to Justin Roberts. So yeah, I mean, we, we don't mind a little bit of blood here and there. We don't mind the wanton violence and the sacrifices and the and, and the injuries that happen to wrestlers. But we draw the line on necktie, for crying out loud. <laughs> you cannot choke. You cannot choke someone with their own tie. Literally, nineteen eighty four. <laughs> they want to be retribution so bad. <laughs> hey, shout out to Slapjack real quick. <laughs> Where are my Slapjackers at? Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm much more of a T-bar man myself, but I digress. Yeah. Who's slapping their Jack right now? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say anything, David, but moving on. <laughs> So, that as well as a little thing, uh, as a little sign of disrespect that Brian supposedly did was spit in sp uh, John Cena's face. 
Those were the excuses Vince gave to Brian, which led to his eventual release. It was later revealed that it was actually sponsors putting the pressure on Vince that led him to actually take action and sort of Daniel Bryan as the scapegoat, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so Daniel Bryan is fired. He is gone from the company. So what would the Nexus do one person down now from this point on? Well, immediately thrust into the main event, they would establish themselves as the main heel stable on Raw, attacking anyone and everyone over the next several weeks. This included mm-hmm. then Raw general manager, Bret Hart. I bet most of you guys <laughs> forgot that Bret Hart was fucking Raw GM. I will never forget. Yeah. <laughs> I choose was, he, was he the main raw GM or was it like one of those um, guest host gimmicks? No, he was the no, main he was, raw he GM. He was like the main raw GM. Oh, okay. This is a screw job. Look, the bullshit. <laughs> you think I'm going to turn a blind eye? <laughs> they, also attacked, much? they also attacked Vince McMahon. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Uh, and shoot. they also attacked Hall of Famers, Ricky Steamboat, and that's their old daddy. That's the road, baby. <laughs> uh, My dad is Dusty Rhodes. And so would you believe it was because... <laughs> the son of a son of a plumber. So it was actually because of this and attacking then Raw GM Bret Hart that Vince McMahon removed him as Raw General Manager and appointed a new General Manager. And this... What the re? This gave us the anonymous raw general manager. Oh, I hate the Nexus. No. The timelines <laughs> have crossed over. Now the GM chose to remain anonymous in storyline for fear of being attacked, like Brett was. <laughs> Fuck sake! Fuck you, Nexus! You ruined my life. Yep. Oh. Can I have your attention, please? I have just received an email from the anonymous raw general manager. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know what, honestly I think the Raw Anonymous GM storyline I think, as we said when we did the episode on it, has given me a hatred of the uh, the Mac notification noise Yes yeah. Oh no like, I, like, That gives me like visceral anger when I hear it <laughs> This brings us to their main feud that, that was uh, take place all in summer of 2010. Nexus had their sights set on one man, and that man's name was Jonathan Q. Cena. What is that? It all went wrong immediately. Fine speech. Jonathan Q. Cena, if you wanted to know there. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for educating me. (laughs) Uh, It's not as crazy as his actual name, which is actually Jonathan Felix Anthony Cena Jr. Uh, Oh my? I forgot he's a junior. He is, yes. He's a super junior, if you will. John (laughs) Senior. So they, they set their sights on Cena first on July in on Raw, where Cena was unsuccessful in a six-on-one handicap match. <laughs> Come the money in the bank, they attempted to get involved in the WWE Championship match involving Sheamus and Cena in a steel cage, but Sheamus and Cena were able to hold them off long enough to escape, with Sheamus winning the match and retaining the championship as a result. Because, of course, if, you know, cage matches are no DQ and the match is still going on, if Sheamus was to fall down first, then that means he still he retains his title. Come on, Cena, you're yeah. not that stupid. Yeah. Or is mm-hmm. he? <gasps> oh, oh my! my. 
Because <laughs> here comes SummerSlam 2010. WWE wrestlers have finally had enough of the Nexus running roughshod through the company. Well, more specifically, Monday Night Raw, because they never really went to SmackDown, which is weird. You Don't think worry the company about it. was running roughshod in WWE, you think they'd invade all shows, including Velocity and Sunday Night Heat. But I digress. Yeah, Where, I digress. Where's, my, where's my WWE Superstars invasion angle? Yeah. Exactly. What Saturday morning slam? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, Where so is main event on Ion Television? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's not for another year or two. My bad. <laughs> Where's what? my Where's my Nexus invading the WWE social media platform? Tout. <laughs> uh, you can find it at TNA Dixie. <laughs> God dang it! So, a group of WWE wrestlers: John Cena, Edge, Chris Jericho, John Morrison, R Truth, and The Miz, being there with long with former GM Bret Hart, decided to form a faction to take on the Nexus at SummerSlam. Now, as we get to the main event, of course, The Miz mm -hmm. is showing dissension within the ranks and wants to be the leader. So Cena calls an audible and replaces The Miz with a returning Daniel Bryan. Oh my god. And so, you damn right. <laughs> and so we get this main event, which basically the only thing that we kind of really that's really talked about much is the is the ending of this one it was a two-on-one advantage to nexus with justin gabriel and wade barrett on their team and john cena being the sole survivor of team wwe it looked like the cards were stacked in the nexus's favor against the nexus and yeah well, i was gonna <laughs> say yeah no no you're right there melee no you're absolutely right because even with a concrete DDT spot onto Cena's thick skull, Cena was able to beat the 10 count, delivers a FU to Justin Gabriel, and then able, is able to apply the STF to Wade Barrett for the win. When he just suffered from traumatic head, uh, head injury, he was able to still win and sh shrug it off like nothing happened. No, he, no he just... you don't understand, dude. I gotta look strong, brother. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe I don't do John that. controller right at the end. So I'm saying, proactivated bro resiliency. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Speaking he of a um, spamming comeback, but... he was. Uh, quick little I sidebar. Get my shit in, brother. About that main event, for some reason, I remember the great Kali being a part of Team WWE. <laughs> Not I don't know if I'm just one. like misremembering things, but I'm looking at the list of everybody that's like in the in that match, and I'm like, where is Kali? Where is my boy? <laughs> he was in the kiss cam. <laughs> Maybe I kiss Natalia. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Maybe I. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe I do. <laughs> Maybe I Nexus or against us. <laughs> Maybe I walk alone in the unknown? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, enough. Carry on. Enough. Maybe I am one? <laughs> um, speaking about that main event, though, just like another little tidbit. I remember, I think it was... I think Edge and Chris Jericho both pitched for the Nexus to win. And but I think... Mm, and that yeah. was the way they were going to go. After hearing that, Vince was very much like, yeah, yeah. And he told all of the members of the Nexus uh, on the day of that they were going to go over against uh, against Team WWE. 
come two hours before the show starts, uh, they're all called back <laughs> into Vince's office where they're told that they are actually losing. WrestleMania. Uh, ah, WrestleMania. <laughs> no, the reasoning is ah. that Cena was in Vince's ear that they should send everybody home happy. Meaning himself. Ah, well, listen, listen here, pal. Now, look, I, I know we uh, we said we you guys were going to beat Team WWE, and you know you're going to be this dominant faction and everything, but uh, but the kids gotta think about the kids and how they're going to react to. You know, Super Cena losing at SummerSlam. Ah, endorsements. Exactly. He's doing this. Asked all. <laughs> it's the... all about the bottom line. He's all. He's doing this whilst eating a steak dinner as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I got my protein. You're losing. Cena's going over. <laughs> Where's my asparagus? <laughs> <laughs> he's got a puke. <laughs> Where's my T-Rex head? All right, enough, enough. <laughs> Continue on with the fucking story. Let's go. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, really. I've got to keep this on track. <laughs> Skateboards. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, the original plan was for them to go over. Cena refused and because uh, it wasn't going to work for him, dude. And basically, in, in one fell swoop, killed any and all momentum of the Nexus there. Because I they did not from after this they did not recover at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that it's was just it, just the thing of like you spend all this time building them up and then just see six people get dismantled by one guy and you're just like, well, what was the point? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and this is where the numbers really start to dwindle because the next night on Raw, the Nexus were then pitted once more. Um, with seven one-on-one matches against Team WWE, or the members of Team WWE, except for Bret Hart, um, who was replaced with Randy Orton, because remember at this time, Bret Hart couldn't move for Toffee. Yes. (laughs) I mean, he looked like he moved through Toffee. That's how bad it was. (laughs) Darren Young was the only one who lost his match in the Nexus and was thus outed from the group. Next up, not only two weeks later would be Skip Sheffield, who broke his ankle during a house show in Hawaii, putting him out of action for the next two years, and where he would later emerge as Ryback, the wrestler that CM Punk absolutely <laughs> adores. <laughs> Wake up! <laughs> <laughs> I've been uh, I've been playing a lot of WWE 13 yeah. and 2K14, I've, and uh, I couldn't tell. <laughs> like in his entrance you just have the audio bite of him going wake up <laughs> no it's feeding time yet just wake up <laughs> uh to quote cm punk are you dumb as fuck oh, i'm dumb as fuck uh- i'm dumb as fuck <laughs> <laughs> so could you could you consider ryback to be cm punk's goldberg Yep. <laughs> yeah. uh, does CM Punk hate Ryback? Uh, like Ryback? No. <laughs> fucking, 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 fucking no. Well, I would have said they're young bucks, but I digress. <laughs> no, but thing is, Melee, they can't manage a target. Uh, well, they work for Walmart. Hey. Sorry, w- one little, uh, one little sidebar. Like, I'm sorry, it's a little off track, but. <laughs> Um, there is, um, 
some AI generated images that are going around of CM Punk managing a target. Oh yeah, punching so, out employees. <laughs> he was punching out employees, and I swear I was at work when I saw those, and I had to hold in my laughter while I was helping somebody out yeah. be, because I kept thinking about that picture. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh. So what was what was about this guaranteed championship match clause that Barrett had? Well, I'm glad I asked. Because he, he cashed <laughs> that in on Night of Champions in the six-pack elimination match. You would think that Wade would do that on a one-on-one thing. But we're talking about the Nexus, who are, who are at this point, just being perceived as dumbasses at this point. And why not make it worse by having, you know, go into a six-pack challenge where everyone could target him? <laughs> exactly. And that's pretty much what happened. Because... Randy Orton ends up winning the match and he's WWE champion at this point. Uh, but Wade Barrett, seeing this, still blames John Cena for every building discretion that he's had in life, not just in WWE. Real. Well, the bad part of that is that the main part of that is that he's from he's from the UK, so he's got to start really close to home for where the problems start. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is true. Boston, Massachusetts, eh? Oh no, sorry, West Newbury, Massachusetts is close yeah. to home. <laughs> So, was it? Isn't isn't Wade Barrett from like Preston? Yes, just outside of Manchester. But you know that yeah. that, that 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 doesn't matter. That doesn't matter to anybody outside of England, right? Oh yeah, no, it's it's a whole thing they're spoken about. But they were expecting him to get a hometown pop when he came to do a show in London. Meanwhile, everyone was like, "No, you're from Manchester. Get out, <laughs> you bloody northern bastard." <laughs> <laughs> So, come hell in a cell, Barrett and Cena would face each other on a one-on-one match, with the stipulation that if Wade Barrett won, Cena would have to join the Nexus. But if Cena won, or any other Nexus member got involved, the group would be permanently disbanded. Thanks to interference from Season 2 members of NXT, Michael McGillicutty and Husky Harris... They, Barrett would go on to win the match and force John Cena to join the Nexus. Now, Real. this is such a weird time. Uh, like, really weird. Because, you know, John Cena c- could have really embraced this whole thing. But all he ever do- did was wear the armband and just still have his purple shirt Looks sad. <laughs> but the children... Apparently, yeah, well, yeah. what are we going to do if we can't get our marketable, awful-looking T-shirts out? <laughs> I guess I'll bite them, No, d- don't worry. For God's sake, Vince, don't worry. People will. <laughs> um, yeah, this begins this weird time where John Cena is in a sort of weird position where he doesn't want to be there, but he's being told by Wade Barrett to interfere in matches... Uh, fight for the right and the honor of Nexus. Um, he ends up uh, um, Cena the next night on Raw after getting his initiation, attacking Michael Tarver so badly that Michael Tarver is never seen on WWE programming ever again. Oh, murder! John Cena took out Mister Three Seconds in three minutes. See, there's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> This brings us to the bragging rights that myself, Dan, and Reardon watched in a a previous episode, which saw um, (laughs) which saw the team of John Cena, 
and Jennifer Hudson's partner becoming the WWE Tag Team Champions. I can confirm it is one of the matches of all time. Mm. Again, which which they won it from the team of Drew McIntyre and Cody Rhodes, a team which I forgot even existed. That's the God damn. family. <laughs> oh gosh, and we get the WWE Nightmare Family. <laughs> we get the WWE Championship main event, which saw Barrett take on Randy Orton with John Cena as special guest referee. Basically, he was trying to have all of the all of the uh, all of the cards in his stacked in his favor. Should Cena count Orton to win the match and retain the title, Cena would be fired. But if he ha- if he counts Barrett the free and Barrett wins the championship, he is free from the Nexus. Uh, Barrett was antagonizing Cena the whole match, and Cena finally had enough and decided to twat Barrett right in the face, leading to uh, Randy Orton RKOing Barrett for the win and Cena fast counting the free, uh, and he's fired. Cena had an emotional farewell speech. At, uh, on the next night on Raw, bidding farewell to everybody in the locker and walking out of the arena, uh, the backstage arena, through the uh, through the emergency ramp part, which made no sense to me, because surely you'd go out the front door, John? No, he, he leaves through the back. But yeah. in this thing where they could have really done a compelling storyline where Cena was gone for a few weeks, but then eventually he starts appearing here, there and everywhere... No, 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 no. Uh, Vince was far too worried that people wouldn't watch the show. And so Cena was back one week later to antagonize and beat up all the members of the Nexus. See, but what I love about this is that they took fire to imply that, like, he's gone forever. Yes. But, like, you can fire someone and rehire them on a contract. That's that's not it's not it's not. That's not anything impossible. But the one thing that does make me laugh about this whole... Two things, actually, that do make me laugh about this situation. One was a massive rumour that John Cena, after this, was going to join the UFC. <laughs> to take part John in John Cena in I'm UFC. What? Yep, there was That's a... That's first... <laughs> There was I, a huge, I'm hearing about that. There was a huge rumor. Apparently, there was a press release as well that someone with, that, that was from Cena himself saying, "I just like I did in wrestling, I'm going to bring hustle, loyalty, and respect to mixed martial arts." I literally cannot imagine what that looks like. Of course, there the were the crime massive, scene. Of course, there were the massive rumors of John Cena joining Impact Wrestling. And people were making renders, which I've just seen you post there, David. Yeah. Um. Uh, just for the uh, the listeners right now, not only did I just post a picture of John Cena in front of the blue Impact Wrestling logo, but I also shared a picture of John Cena holding the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> but he was pretty much still contracted to the company, much so that during the house show loop in the weeks uh, in the weeks of this when Cena was fired, John Cena would debut a brand new character for the house show scene, the masked luchador Juan Cena. <gasps> oh my! Yay! <laughs> Purple mask and all, gentlemen. See, here's here's my thing, right? And a, I'm just because I started the bit, I'm gonna finish it. Um, they're going like, oh, he's been fired. But for a team that has um, a supposed lawyer, or well, even I believe is a, I believe Otunga's an actual lawyer, 
Um, clearly, he doesn't know his employment law very well. <laughs> um, but second of all, literally, you could have just extended this out for any period of time, and it would have worked. Mm. But they just were like, you know what? Well, yeah, he's back next week. Yeah. But they just, oh, just should have been like, oh, okay, the terms of my contract say I'm fired. But guess what? They hired me back. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> so this is a time where the Nexus finally uh, made good on their promise to invade <clears throat> WWE by starting to actually appear on SmackDown a little bit more. Because of the tag team championships they had, which weren't exclusive to one of the other brands, they were kind of like the Undisputed Championship where you could defend them on Raw and SmackDown. Then champions, uh, Heath Slater and Justin Gabriel, who were handed the titles from to, from Cena and Otunga, because, um, <laughs> would lead on to a, to a small invasion attacking members of the SmackDown roster. But this led to dissension in the ranks as David Otunga wasn't too pleased with what B Barrett was doing with this second small invasion of SmackDown. Barrett was not improving as well of Otunga's actions and decisions to lead uh, Nexus during these little invasions, as Barrett, for some reason, wanted to do him do it himself. And thus, Barrett was was under the impression that Otunga, sorry, Jennifer Hudson's partner, was trying to usurp him <laughs> of his leadership role in the Nexus. Real. And forced him to defend his spot in the group the following week. Thanks to interference on the next episode of SmackDown from Kane of all people, David Otunga was able Kane. to defeat Edge in a lumberjack match to keep his spot within the Nexus. Feel good story. <laughs> David Otunga moment. Barrett was unsuccessful in his rematch against Randy Orton at the following Survivor Series. Uh, Miz would then cash in his money in the bank and become WWE champion after Cena attacked Barrett. And this, Hell. I believe, led to Cena finally being rehired by Wade Barrett after a few little incidences, which I believe ended up uh, with also costing uh, Heath Slater and Gabriel the tag championships to Santino Morella and Vladimir Kozlov. Real. Wow. <laughs> And because of all of these and the rehiring, Wade Barrett finally had enough of Cena and wanted to put a stop to Cena once and for all in a chairs match in tables, ladders, oh. and chairs. Top super kicker. Yeah. <laughs> in a top super kicker match, Cena defeated Barrett in the main event and afterwards dropped 23 top super kickers from the stage entrance onto him after dispatching the rest of the Nexus. I guess you can say he literally buried him. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Symbolism. <Fine speech. laughs> this brings us to the new Nexus. Now, with the I know right you subtext, and they're all cowards. <laughs> <laughs> this brings us to 2011, and of course, the new Nexus. With the group splintered off, Barrett going off to SmackDown and recruiting Justin Gabriel and Heath Slater, and recruiting Ezekiel Jackson to form. The core. Best faction. <laughs> With the greatest t-shirt design of all time, I add, as well. Mm -hmm. they, they, the rest of the members of Nexus on Raw declared that they were under new management. <laughs> <laughs> I 
No one was none the wiser as to who it was. With CM Punk on commentary duties with Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler, no one would ever have expected him to be the new leader of the Nexus. But lo and behold, he would get off from out of his commentary booth, attack John Cena, put on a Nexus armband and raise his fists into the air. Nation of <gasps> Domination style. CM Punk Nation. was revealed. My diet soda. <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to do without my drink? <laughs> <laughs> so C uh, CM Punk was the new leader and decided to go a more... What's the word? He tried to go off to what he was doing with the Straight Edge Society and make it more cult-like. So you had him doing initiations where he would kendo stick members until they kind of accepted him as his leader, which of course saw Heath Slater and Justin Gabriel leave. He would recruit, mm -hmm. he would bring in, um, uh, bring formerly bring in McGillicutty and Husky Harris. He would also bring in a new member in Welsh Batista, Mason Ryan. Any Mason Ryan fans out there? <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> Mason Ryan's strongest soldier. <laughs> hey, look, man. If if Mason Ryan's got one fan, it's me. If Mason Ryan has zero fans, I have left this world. <laughs> <laughs> Any Goliath from Gladiators fans while we're at it? Because that was Mason Ryan as well in the reboot of Gladiators, Dan. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> See him and Nick Aldis share the same. Yeah, share the same. Gladiators, where, where, where all the British people come from. Yeah. Oh gosh, uh, wasn't there a wasn't there I a think part? They should have brought in Rob Terry. I can't lie. <laughs> Rob, Rob Terry. Robbie T. <laughs> wasn't there a point in the new Nexus where CM Punk was literally just whipping uh, Husky Harris yes. like with a strap? With a strap. On in oh. the middle of the ring. Oh my god. <laughs> Why that was never turned into a storyline with Bray Wyatt in 2013 when Punk was still there, I will never know. I have no idea. <laughs> so, what was Punk's time and tenure on the new Nexus not like? Not good. Not good at all. With the Royal Rumble, the Nexus all ballied around to defend Punk and to keep him within the match. Of course, this was the 40-man Royal Rumble match, which mm. saw the new Nexus um, kind of almost clean house, sort of. Uh, they had the weird bit where they had a bunch of random legends come out just to get beaten up, to have like a five-minute, not even five-minute, like a minute heat spot, yeah, and then just get chucked out by them. <laughs> Wasn't that also the same Royal Rumble that Booker T came back? Yes. yes. Wow. I think Kevin Nash also came back in that Rumble. And he I did. Think, I think Matt Stryker was on commentary, and I think he said, I'm marking out! I'm marking out! <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, eventually, that Royal Rumble was uh, was won by... Um... Oh, fuck. Santino Morella, let's yes, go. Yes. It was won by Santino. Yeah, we'll take that. It's won by Santino Morella. It should have been won by Santino Morella. I'm telling you this. <laughs> let's fucking go. Uh, this leads us to WrestleMania in a terrific little bit of of continuity to the storyline. CM Punk set his sights on Randy Orton, who, of course, Randy Orton a few years back cost Punk the World Heavyweight Championship, and that's why Punk went after him. To which I say. 
Oh my god, Vince, you actually kept, you stayed within continuity? You actually, I know. You actually ah. referenced the prior storyline? Motherfucker! Unforgiven 2008, that's what happened. See, Punk was getting ready for the championship scramble match, and then Randy Orton was, uh, you know, approached him, and, you know, was just talking to shit, and Punk was all like, Something, something. Uh, I know you and other people think I'm a fluke. And then he got attacked by, I believe it was, yeah, Cody Rhodes, Ted DiBiase, and I think Manu. Yes, it was Manu, yes. (laughs) Yes. And then Punk got punted by Randy, kicking him out of the match. Oh, not before Kofi Kingston tried to help Punk out. And he got a little bit more. Yeah, there was that as well. I forgot about that. That's my number. (laughs) <laughs> so so go, sorry dave go on. <laughs> no i was gonna say like uh i feel like valid reasoning for punk to like hold that grudge and go after randy especially going into wrestlemania because i feel like you know motivation story wise would probably be like oh yeah like i want to well beat you on the grandest stage of them all and get my wrestlemania payday just to make up for the fact that you screwed me out of my title three years ago <laughs> he shot on me <laughs> uh, what did I do, <laughs> Dave? What the fuck did I do <laughs> to to deserve an an empty headed fucking dumb fuck like, like Randy Biasi? Randall Keith, <laughs> like Randall Keith's going to business for himself. <laughs> all right, all right, keep going, keep going. Right. I know you can do it. By so. the way, you should get these cupcakes. They're from WWE Catering. They only they're 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 closed on Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? I'm hurt and I'm young, and I work for fucking man babies. <laughs> Sam, sorry. Was uh, there a was there a point in this Punk and Randy storyline where I think didn't Punk like attack Randy in front of his wife? Yes, yes, he did. Yes, there was a thing with that. Because I remember good, that vividly. <laughs> not as good as Triple H's home invasion. With Randy Orton, if you remember that one. Samantha, oh, get the closed. door! <laughs> Samantha! <laughs> That's not his wife. No, legit, that wasn't actually Randy Orton's wife. <laughs> they that gimmicked time. his wife. <laughs> I can't, but can you believe it? Uh, yeah, so they had two encounters, of course. The one at WrestleMania, Orton defeated Punk in very, very convincing fashion. And then Extreme Rules... Orton bested Punk once more in a last man standing match. Now, Mm -hmm. this leads us to the ending with a whimper of the new Nexus. As Punk was thrust into the WWE Championship spot uh, and won a triple threat match against Alberto Del Rio and Rey Mysterio for the number one contendership for the WWE Championship at that year's Money in the Bank. Right after the match, though, he revealed to the audience and to everyone watching at home that his contract expired at Money in the Bank and he would be leaving with the WWE Championship. Next week, he'd cut the pot, the pipe bomb. Uh, no one well, I'll be damned. <laughs> <laughs> and pretty much all mention of the Nexus was gone. Come Money in the Bank, of course, he would end up wearing a brand new T-shirt, which was the famous best-in-the-world white tee. Um, and they all kind of left. Um, and- one, 
one little detail I want to point out in that Money in the Bank uh, match with Punk and Cena. In his nameplate, in his entrance, he was yeah. still billed as being a part of the, the Nexus. Nexus. Yeah. <laughs> and so with the pipe bomb ends the Nexus. They ended, I think, with McGillicuddy and Otunga still being tag champions at this point. Oh, God, I forgot to mention that. Um, they would end up uh, kind of being the final members, basically, trying to keep the name up. But then they ended up having David Otunga's theme as their tag song. You know, Awayo. Awayo. That was, like, the constant on, like, whatever WWE game was. For some reason, I would always play... When I, when I started playing the game, it used to annoy me so much. <laughs> and then Michael McGillicutty had that post-hardcore theme song that was not Jacob Cass's theme song from WWE 12, but was kind of like Jacob Cass's theme song from WWE 12. Yeah. Been it was pretty similar. Like a man did. <laughs> <laughs> speaking, of, um, speaking of David Otunga's theme, um... I have a PS3 copy of WWE 13 that I've been playing in the living room uh, with with my girlfriend, and she already hates that theme song because of how much it's played on repeats. She she enjoys Cody's theme at least. The wow wow. My my I suggest what you do is you go into and I believe they they probably still have it. You go into the soundtrack section and you. Take off every other song apart from that, which are always playing in the in the menus. <laughs> it just goes back and forth between yeah. David Otunga's theme and Cody Rhodes' theme. <laughs> just nothing but that, yin and yang. Why don't you just put, add, oh add those God. two? And because it's thirteen, why don't you just have that one Pennywise song that was in the that was in the main menu? As well? Oh my God! Oh no! You want a revolution? <laughs> <laughs> I I've gone on record on one of my streams recently and I said that I do not like that song. <laughs> Apparently that's an unpopular opinion. <laughs> no, 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 no. I would say I would say you're right, David. And I'm willing to die on that hill saying that Revolution by Pennywise is fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, after hearing it after all these years, just we want a revolution. Like, ugh. <laughs> you know that was CM Punk who wanted to ask for that. You know full well. Never let bro cook again. <laughs> <laughs> so, the final bits and pieces of the Nexus, because there are a couple of little bits in the years uh, since then that have kind of seen the Nexus pop up here and there. As a matter of fact, in 2018, they reunited for the Chikara King of Trios tournament as the Nexus Alliance with Michael Tarver, Fred Rosser, and Justin Gabriel, then known as Honestly, PJ Black, returning and reuniting once more. Just to let you know, I don't believe it. they won that King of Trios tournament. I'm fairly sure they didn't. Uh, <laughs> now, did you know as well that Fred Rosser actually uh, stated uh, in an interview a, while, uh, a couple of years ago that they were that the Nexus were originally booked to return at WrestleMania 36, but COVID took that away from us? Oh, oh wait, man. really? Yeah. You were denied. We were denied. Was it gonna have like was it gonna have all the original members, or was it just gonna be a completely new version of the Nexus? From what he said, Fred was say they got a few of them back, but not all of them. Huh. Shame. What if that's why they did Retribution instead? 
You know what? Maybe. You might you might be right there, man. Oh, mind you though, Retribution was Vince McMahon's take on Antifa, so make it that what uh, you will. Yeah, that's true. It, it I, feel like, me I feel like potentially the Nexus. Yeah, no, true. You're I was probably... gonna say I feel like potentially the Nexus could have been an attempt at that as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And did you know that there was originally going to be a Nexus documentary uh, for the network in Peacock, but was uh, was eventually cancelled? I remember seeing a lot of um, a lot of behind the scenes shots and even a headshot of Fred Rosser. Actually, I believe mm-hmm. he even talked about this in the interview we did with him, Dan, where he talked about how he was very proud to wear the New Japan tracksuit for that interview. He was told specifically mm-hmm. to remove it but refused because he was so proud of his work in New Japan. Which, by the way, credit where credit's due, Fred Ross actually has done really good stuff whilst in New Japan. Oh, yeah. The dude has been rocking it there. And that's basically where we where we leave the Nexus. Uh, a cancelled documentary, uh, a cancelled return at WrestleMania that, that was taken away from us from, uh, but due to COVID. And uh, one little thing. So where are everybody? Where is everybody now? Well, where are they now? Hell yeah. <laughs> so Wade Barrett is now color commentator for, I believe it's SmackDown. It is SmackDown or is it yes. Raw? I can't remember. Any. One one of either. Uh, I think he's on SmackDown. Let me double check. Let me do a little bit of research. Well, he did get there. his start as a commentator on WCPW slash Defiant, eventually going over to the NWA and then eventually, of course, leading to his time in NXT and SmackDown. Before that, though, he was bad news, Barrett. I'm afraid I've got some bad yeah. news. Just carrying <laughs> a glass of water. <laughs> carrying, <laughs> carrying a giant gavel with him. A bottle of water. <laughs> oh, what a bottle. No, that's my favourite. That's my favourite disturbed song. Oh, what a bottle. <laughs> oh, what a bottle. Oh, <laughs> oh, I double checked. He is currently doing colour commentary for Monday Night Raw. There we go. I, I got it. Well, I was right. What I was, I was going to be right fifty percent of the time. <laughs> uh, as I said, Fred Rosser is currently in New Japan, working on their in their US brand, New Japan Strong. Absolutely killing it. He's a former New Japan Strong champion as well. Um, of course, before that, after before he got to New Japan, he was part of the Prime Time Players with uh, one Titus O'Neil. Uh, before, getting, <laughs> before getting the Kurt Angle treatment and being paired with Mr. Bob Backlund to make Darren Young great again. <laughs> oh my god. What a universe. <laughs> Daniel Bryan would eventually become world heavyweight champion, or sorry, undisputed champion at WrestleMania 30. Would go on to have one hell of a career, but unfortunately having it cut short. But by miracle of miracles, he was able to overcome the neck injuries that had plagued him for so long to return to the company once more, have another run with the WWE Championship, which saw him in turn have Kofi become the WWE Champion for his first time at WrestleMania. Real. He is currently in AEW, where he is still being proclaimed as the best in the world, but he has had a string of bad luck with a couple of injuries here and there. God, that dude, like, coming back from an arm injury... To have like great matches with Ricky Starks, to then have Okada once again in. <laughs> I at this point, I think that I think Bryanson is is going pure from the moment I realised the weakness of my flesh. It disgusted me. Yes. <laughs> 
Skip. Right, I don't. I don't oh. know who who books uh New Japan, but AW. Listen to me. He's gonna be in the Tokyo Dome. Give him final countdown. Yeah. Yes, please. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Um Skip Sheffield. Uh born Ryan Allen Reeves. He is now known by Deed Poll as Ryback Allen Reeves. He would eventually return two years later from his injury, of course, as Ryback to become CM Punk's most hated person in the whole of the universe, only second wow. to Colt Cabana. <laughs> Uh, get get worked. <laughs> Hi, Colt Cabana. How you doing? After doing a public poll on Twitter to see if he would like to come back to wrestling, everyone unanimously told him no. <laughs> Retire. <laughs> he Retire. Genuinely, that is an all-timer moment in wrestling social media. That's he, a zenith. He currently runs his website, Feed Me More, and has a YouTube channel, which is quite similar to Maven Huffman's, where he talks about the top five things that as to why CM Punk is a little bitch. And eats crisps. <laughs> and just eats packets of laser ruffles constantly. Constantly. <laughs> Well, he uh, one highlight thing is um, he did comment on a deadlock TikTok that I posted for the boys. <laughs> he one absolutely time. did, didn't he? He did. Uh, TikTok in question was the one about a guy in the WCW crowd that had a sign that said Goldberg eats corn the long way. <laughs> I did again. Also, all time a sign, by the way. <laughs> Michael Tarver, Tyrone Evans, Mr. Free Seconds. After having a couple of stints in the NWA and New Japan Pro Wrestling, he would start his career as a Christian hip-hop artist under the name Monster Tarver. Last year, he released his debut single on digital streaming platforms titled Black Roses. He partnered with Bizzle and Dayton to become the first artist to sign with God Over Money and Menace Movement as he makes his rap label debut on their on his album Us Against the World. No. To all of that sentence. <laughs> Everything you just said, no. Just Maybe he and he and Rikishi should collab on a uh, yes. a gospel rap album. Honestly, totally. for real. And yes. they should call it uh, Put a Little Ass on God. <laughs> Uh, as for Justin Gabriel slash PJ Black, he had a couple of runs with uh, with the tag team Gold, eventually leaving the company in and around 2015. He's had stops in TNA, Impact Wrestling, Lucha Underground, NWA, and Ring of Honor. He continues to really double down on his Darewolf gimmick by posting on his social medias that he loves to do a lot of Daredevil stuff. Matter of fact, one little fun fact about that, or dare I say fun, is that during one of these little uh, daring uh, like escapades of skydiving and, and uh, motocross, uh, PJ Black lost two of his fingers. Oh my god. Yep, but he still continues to wrestle to this day, which, you know what? Real. Game. You got game. God, lo <laughs> god loves a trier. <laughs> mm-hmm. Heath Slater. Oh, man. Heath Slater was probably the only one who made a really decent career for himself in the WWE. Yes, kids. Uh, after... <laughs> <laughs> he does have kids indeed. After that really weird stint feuding with Legends, uh, he ended up forming his own band known as Free MB, eventually having a tag team run with Titus O'Neil known as Slater Gator. 
which is, by awesome. the way, the greatest pun name for a tag team I've ever seen. And with, uh, with the social outcasts as well, before having his Zenith, which was teaming with Rhino and their tag yes, team sir. run. Uh, he's cooking. He is yeah. currently, or as of right now, he, he was for, at this point wrestling with Impact Wrestling, but come last month, it was reported that his contract had indeed expired and he did not. He's a free agent with the who will be picking up Heath Slater. DPW. DPW Heath Slater run goes crazy. Heath Miller versus James Darnell. Book it. That's what I'm saying, bro. They can do the Spider-Man meme. <laughs> yes. Uh, as for David Otunga, he did split from Jennifer Hudson, so he's no longer Jennifer Hudson's partner. I have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> With David Otunga. <laughs> and is basically, was basically for the longest time, commentator, color commentator, uh, uh, panelist, pundit during their pre-show stuff. Uh, he also had that really infamous moment where that Scott Stanford sounded like he said the N-word and you could see that David Otunga was staring daggers into his into him. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh god. When you're standing next to him, yeah, you know you feel the power. <laughs> Michael McGillicutty, Joe Hennig, Curtis Axel, basically had the exact same run as Heath Slater because he was part of the social outcasts as well. God, they were they were convinced that they had something in this guy and he just did not have it. Oh, he also had that time, of course, where he was also cosplaying as Hulk Hogan. But then Hulk Hogan did that whole thing uh, where he was caught on camera saying some stuff he really shouldn't have been saying. And so even uh, Curtis Axel couldn't do that anymore. Uh, so, uh, he no, did... I he did do have some backstage producer work in 20, uh, 2022, but was released three months later. Can't um, catch a break, can he? <laughs> really can't. Also, one more thing to add on to uh, David Otunga's uh, list of things that he's doing or has done. Apparently, he's appeared in She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, as the character Derek. Oh, yes, he did, yes. He did, didn't he? Shout out to that show. That was a lot of fun. Shout out David Otunga. Shout out David Otunga. (laughs) Mason Ryan, once leaving leaving in 2014 after a little stint on the full sale version of NXT, would make his way to the Enoki Genome Federation in 2015. Yeah! Wow. Enoki, Enoki, Enoki. Eventually, though, he would leave wrestling altogether to have a very successful career in the Cirque du, du, du Soleil. Ha! Huh. And he's still yeah, that's uh, what he does. He's right now. I think he's been doing that since 2016, and he's still doing that to this day. Wow. Well, if he's happy doing that, then good for him. Power, yeah, more power to him. That's incredible. Exactly. Uh, Husky Harris, uh, Wyndham Rotunda, would go on to find great success as the character. Bray Wyatt. A divisive character, I think, is the very is to say the least. He would go on to, of course, be mem- uh, leader of the Wyatt family, the eater of worlds, the deleter of worlds with Matt Hardy with the final deletion, which I still think is one of my more favorite of those cinematic Matt Hardy matches. Um, <laughs> of course, morphing into The Fiend and then eventually returning, of course, and having that weird run with LA Knight. But I think we yeah. can all safely say... Bray Wyatt was awesome, and he is sorely freaking missed. Yes, yeah. very much so. I 
what a career this man has had. Like he definitely worked hard to like rebrand himself from Husky Harris into Bray Wyatt. And oh my God. I think out of everybody in the Nexus, I think he was the best success story. Yeah, of, he yeah. was he was the one that knew what he wanted to do and had a, had a mind for wrestling. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there were like there was moments, I think, in 2020 or even 2021, he was probably going to work on some some horror movies and really like dabble in like that kind of uh like that industry, which would have been really interesting because yes. like considering what he's done with The Fiend and Firefly Flunhouse, I'm sure like he could have gone on to like make some amazing horror or psychological thriller kind of stuff. Exactly. I would have I would have loved to have seen him dip his toes within the horror film within the horror movie uh realm for sure. And apparently from what I heard that um he was all he was all game to do it and apparently there was sort of like pre-production happening um or a script being written for Bray when he returned to the to, to the uh to WWE but um with everything that happened, that everything's just been put on hold for that uh, film uh, ever happening. Uh, man, I miss Bray. Yeah, <laughs> I miss yeah, him man. too. Uh, to bring us on to a lighter note, John Cena. Where's John Cena right now? Yeah, what happened to that Nexus member, John Cena? Uh, he's 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 still he's still rocking it in WWE only because of the writer strike happening. But he's become a, yeah. a very successful actor. As a matter of fact, he's become very he's become probably the only redeeming quality of the DC Cinematic Universe as Peacemaker. Real good show. Great show. Great show. Oh, also, he will be making his very first appearance uh, in Mortal Kombat. So technically, John Cena is the very first WWE wrestler to appear in a Mortal Kombat game. That is a crazy sentence. (laughs) (laughs) And as for CM Punk, he's old, he's tired, he works with fucking children, and apparently might be going to TNA or WWE. Who knows? Who gives a flying fuck? So he works with children. Okay, so he runs a daycare. Wow, what a yeah. fall from grace. In, Tia- in, in Tijuana with Kevin Steen and El Generico. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, one more thing about John Cena. Like, Sorry, I know like we're not really talking about that show, but apparently on Crown Jewel uh, yesterday, uh, I guess on commentary, Michael Cole has gone on record to say, now... Will Solo Sokoa's record show that he was the one who retired John Cena? What? <laughs> apparently, there's apparently they're saying that Solo is retiring John Cena after hitting him with so many Samoan spikes. Because after that match, like there is a moment where John was like standing in the ring, like kind of like doing like a bow and everything, and everyone was chanting, "Thank you, Cena." Is this their way of saying like he actually retired? I don't believe that. Or that, or, or time is now finite with him because the SAG after strike is is seemingly coming to an end. <laughs> oh, so I thank you for my time on SmackDown, but the writer strike and the actors strike is over, so I'm going back. <laughs> I have to go. My planet needs me. My money needs me. Exactly. (laughs) So that is where we are ending this chapter on the Nexus. And it is a shame that Cass wasn't here to enjoy that. (laughs) 
Yeah. Hey, we've done everything we can. (laughs) We've done everything we can to tell Cass to wake up. But he doesn't. When it comes to the Nexus, all I can think of is the scene from Burn After Reading where they go, What did we learn? I don't know. I don't fucking know either. I guess we learned (laughs) not to do it again. I'm fucked to know what we did. That's the entirety of the Nexus. Hi. Honestly, though, it is, lit- it is oh. literally the we have achieved. We have achieved nothing. How much did it cost us? <laughs> everything. No, yes, everything. Uh, legit though, uh, David Mele, thank you so much for popping in. Uh, Mele, as always, thank you so much, buddy. <laughs> You're welcome. So, David, this has been a lot of fun. Oh, yes. I'm yes. really happy that you guys had me on today. <laughs> I, I, as I say, like all the episodes, like the epi- the two episodes we've had you on now, like it's always a joy and it's always a massive laugh. And with Melee here, you're guaranteed to have one belly laugh because that dude is, uh, as I always say, he's the silent assassin because he can stay quiet for 15 minutes and then just come out with one word and it guarantees to make everybody laugh. <laughs> for example, the nation. Um... <laughs> he's silent but dead. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> David, is there anything you've got going on at the moment that you'd like to share with everybody listening? As a matter of fact, yeah, I would like to, I guess, do like a little plug of all the things that I've been doing and working on. Uh, of course, um, I'm still an editor for the Deadlock podcast. Let's go! So, uh, and if you want to like check out the um, the TikTok account, which is at DeadlockPW, or their Instagram account, uh, Deadlock Wrestling. That's where you'll find a lot of the, I guess, like the TikToks or the Instagram uh, reels and YouTube shorts, all those I edits. And that's pretty much been like getting Deadlock more of a, uh, I guess, more of a following and like reaching out to more people. Because I know the Deadlock account on TikTok is around 106,000 followers and the Instagram account is like a little bit over 80,000, I think crazy crazy yeah in a year's time i was able to like you know get more of a following for them and like really you know just promote more of like the editing stuff that i've been doing and like really gain more of a following for the boys and shouts out um i'm still working on the deadlock retro syncs for their patreon which is taking their retro reviews and their long form retro reviews and pairing it with like actual footage of the show. So if you want to check that out as well, it's patreon.com forward slash deadlock PW. Um, lately I've been getting back into, uh, Twitch streaming because I have a new mic that I love so much. Um, I'm using the sure SM seven B, which was a, a it was a pretty penny and I'm never going to financially recover from this. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You got to raise the rates on the retro signal. You got (laughs) to bag chase his anthem. (laughs) Please. So yeah, I've been uh, doing a lot of uh, Twitch streaming. Uh, One thing that I've been working on, which has been a lot of fun to do is uh, I've been doing a WWE 13 universe mode, which is, it's so fun. So many crazy antics. Um, so if you wanted to check that out and tune into my streams, uh, it's twitch.tv forward slash Davida Loca. Uh, That's a great name. I, I, thank you. Um, 
so like in mono my streams are like random i don't really have a set schedule but whenever i do go live expect a fun time oh like one the- more thing that i've been oh go ahead i was say like that full guy stream eh? <laughs> the fall guys stream with Cass was so fun oh yeah man <laughs> um one other thing that i've been working on as well editing wise um i started working on some youtube shorts for dpw hey yeah so like if you've seen any that have been posted on their youtube account yeah i've been working on those uh and yeah, pretty much I'm just taking like short highlights from their shows and just, you know, turn them into like bite-sized little edits that could go on like TikTok, YouTube, etc. So, if you've seen some of those, yeah, I've been working on those and yeah, that's just another thing I've been doing editing-wise, another thing I want to push. So, if you want to check out, you know, Deadlock Pro Wrestling on YouTube, uh yeah, you can find some really good stuff on there. It's not just me that's editing stuff on there. It's all the other talented editors that they have. Mm-hmm. Shouts out to them. Hell yeah. Real? Hell yeah. Be- I'm just going to say, just as an aside, David, I just watching what you do and everything that you've done for Deadlock and DPW, man, be proud of yourself because you've done such amazing work with those guys. And it's always a joy to see like uh, the retro sinks the shorts, all the stuff with DPW. Um, you're doing good, man. And it inspires me to keep going with my stuff as well. So thank you as well. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that a lot. And like, I've had like other people like reach out to me, like, and they've been wanting like some feedback on some things that they've been editing. And I'll do the best that I can to like, you know, offer some of my insight and like, hey, like this is really good. And here's something you could maybe try and everything like i i don't know i feel like it's really flattering that people are like reaching out and asking for my opinions on that kind of stuff because like i'm just a little guy (laughs) but we're all just little guys out here and it's all our birthdays you wouldn't be mean to a little guy on his birthday right (laughs) 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 um but no thank you for that like i i love what i do i am happy that i keep that I get to do what I do for deadlock and I'm going to keep doing it for as long as I possibly can. And as long as people enjoy it, because you know, it's, it's just something that I love doing and I don't know where I would be without all this. (laughs) All righty. Right. Next episode, we're continuing with our guests and we're continuing with base world guests as we are going to be joined once more by top super kicker, a.k.a. chair, as we chronicle the history of war games. War War games. I knew that was coming. (laughs) (laughs) That is all on the next episode. But until then, I have been Sam. This has been Dan, Reardon, Melee, David and Cass. Fast asleep in his bed. But Bing Cat is also Bing Cat. And Wake up! <laughs> and this has been the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. We will see you, as always, on the next one. Bye, everybody! Bye-bye! Bye-bye. Adios! Adios.